Hey guys, Darren here, and this is my podcast. So you're kind of like all up in my podcast right now, which is cool, I guess. Actually, I'm super excited that you're here. And before we get started, just wanted to take a second to invite you to go to thedarrenshow.com. Now, when you pop that in your browser, it's going to redirect you to iTunes, or you can subscribe to the show. And that way, as you rest, as you're attempting to not strive, okay, um, all of your streaming devices are going to be updated weekly with amazing supernatural content, okay, right from this podcast show to your streaming device. May it be like a desktop or a tablet or your mobile phone. So go and do that. And also while you're there, it just takes one minute, which is about 60 seconds, to leave a review. So you can give it one star and that means that you think it's you know, kind of lame, or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing is off the chain. <laughs> yeah? Awesome. So please do that. That would mean the world to me. Reviews are kind of a big deal when it comes to iTunes and podcasts. It could help us rank. Maybe. Someday. We'll see. All right, without any further ado, let's dive in today's audio. This is a talk that I did uh, for the Daniel Company called, I'm Sorry, But I'm Coming Into Something. I think you're going to enjoy it because it's enjoyable. And <laughs> uh, all right, so let's do it. It's going down right here, right now, on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. <laughs> Even created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. What? Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, awesome, awesome. How you guys doing? You doing good? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Praise God. I'm doing good too. Thanks for asking. Look at the look at the person next to you and just say, "I'm sorry." If you're Canadian, say, "I'm sorry," but I'm coming into something. Yeah. It, 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 if you got your Bible, turn to Luke two forty one. So, how, how many felt? How, how many of you feel like you've been um, uh, like in the midst of growth, but you don't necessarily know what you're growing into? <laughs> all, all you know is that things are changing, and people are looking at you a little weird. Like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm coming into something. I don't. I don't necessarily know what that what that looks like, um, but I'm coming into something. And how many of you notice like there's even um, patterns that are changing and new patterns that are being established and old patterns that are being wrecked and and dislodged and displaced. And um, and so you're starting to do new things because you're becoming a new person, uh, and you're starting to get a fuller understanding of your new creation reality. And so how many know that we can't be a new creation, right? And um, and still be under our old creation um, obligations. So the Father wants to lift off of us our old creation obligations, but only if we have a revelation of who we are now, right? Because if we don't know who we are now, then what we're going to be doing is looking at other people around us and trying to copycat what they're doing, right? Trying to, trying to clone ourselves in the image and likeness of someone else. You know, and that's the problem with Michael Danforth and I. We were talking. We were, we were talking about this last Friday afternoon. We did this this podcast about the fine line between a culture of honor and a culture of idolatry. You know, because there's if you honor a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. But if you worship a prophet, you'll become a clone. Yeah, and there's just a very fine line there. You know, there's just a very fine line there, and so it's really really important that we aren't becoming like other people, that we're not placing people on a pedestal. But really, in order for us to come into something, just say it again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm coming into something. It's so important that you are coming into your new creation identity. Okay, and that you're not you're not you're not coming into uh, uh, a reflection of somebody else's new creation identity, and that that's so important that we can honor somebody else's revelation, right? But it's so important that that revelation is just a doorway into that place of intimacy where we can get our own revelation. Amen. How many know that the revelation that you need right now can't be found on YouTube? 
that but what that will do is it will it, what that will do is it will it will release faith so somebody else's revelation can be like a key and it can release faith so that you can open up that door and get that breakthrough that you need in order to start getting your own revelation amen and and how many of you have ever been in a place where you just need that you just need that push to get across the threshold and yeah 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 and so i believe that i believe that the lord loves us too much um, to leave us alone and to leave us in the past that he that he loves us too much and the good news is that the Lord is not going to abandon you he is not going to abandon you he's not going to leave you in in the, in the past we are going to have to be intentionally stubborn to anchor ourselves to the past you know like we because if you are just that much open to the Holy Spirit by his grace he's going to move you forward amen amen so if it's your desire to move forward forward, then that's what the Father's going to do. He's going to move you forward. And I still believe in God's grace. I just love God's grace. This is what I know about God's grace. That if you want, if you desire the will of, of God, if you desire the will of God for your life, then you don't have to be afraid of missing the mark. Like if you are seeking the Lord in this season for what you're coming into, um, if you're seeking his face, then you don't need to worry that you're going to, you're going to mess it up. You don't need to be afraid that you're going to screw something up. You don't need to be afraid that you're going to ruin your church or you're going to ruin your reputation or anything like that. But that, that, this is what I love about God's grace. Even when we get it wrong, our father shows up and he exercises his fatherly faithfulness. And he's just like, it's all right. You got it wrong. And now let's make a little adjustment. Because oftentimes when we get it wrong, it's just by a little, just by a little bit. It's, 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 it's just a few of those little details that, that we, and it's like the father's able to just kind of nudge us to get us back on course so that when we get it right, it's, it's, it's right. You know, sometimes we're so afraid that we're going to get it wrong um, that we just, that we get, we get paralyzed and we, we stop moving we stop growing. So we stop maturing because of fear, because of fear that we're going to miss God's timing because of fear that we're going to, we're going to take, take the wrong job. We're going to go to the wrong place. And, and so we get paralyzed and then we, and, and then that, 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 that paralysis is like, it just, it causes you just to turn into a little ball, go into the fetal position and fall on the ground and not do anything, you know, not say, you know, not become anything, not grow anymore. Um, yeah, but what I love about the Lord is, <laughs> is that, um, is that he, that he just comes and he just gets, gets us moving again, gets us back on the bike again. The most important thing when you fall, you know, for any parent in the room, you know that the most important thing you do with your child when they fall, because you know that when your child is going to learn how to ride a bike, it's not if they're going to fall when you take the, the training wheels off, it's when they fall. Like falling is inevitable. And when your kid falls on a bike, you don't say, look at you, you screwed up. You're never going to ride a bike. You're a failure. <laughs> forget you and then ditch your kid like like you you just knew that 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 falling was part of training <laughs> you know and so what you don't do is you don't you don't define your kid as a failure just because because they're not a that, that's just part of the deal that's not even failure that's just training you know and so many times what we call failures it wasn't a failure at all it was just training but we failed one time and we were like I'm a failure and everybody hates me and I just screwed it up and, oh. and the father's like that wasn't dude that's just like that's what we do like that's what we do and like you know and so if we're not if, if we're not if we're not it's not about failing. If, if we're not falling, if we're not like making some mistakes, then we're, essentially we're not really doing anything, you know, unless you're just so incredible that you're just nailing it every single day. You're just nailing it. Every, but this is what I know for sons and daughters of God, that, that breakthrough is inevitable. Yeah, that breakthrough, like breakthrough, like it, it has to occur for, for sons and daughters of God. It just has to. And when you know that there, that breakthrough just has to happen, it just has to happen because that's part of the character and nature of God is breakthrough, right? Like slavery is not is not part of the father's mentality. He has no grid for slavery. He has no grid for fear-based motivation. You know what I'm saying? Like God just has no grid for that master-slave mentality at, 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 at all. So when you know that, then you know that freedom isn't optional for the son and daughter of God. So therefore, that gives you, a, when, you when you believe it, that gives you a, the, the faith as fuel that you need, that in any obstacle that you're in, you know that it's really just a matter of time, but you're going to break through that because that barrier is just an opportunity for God to be glorified. And when you realize that, then all of a sudden when these barriers come, you realize this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. This is a very important part of your story.
story. How do you know that you're at the end of your story? Because there's, there's not really a whole lot of barriers anymore. Like, how do you know that, like, that you're kind of wrapping things up and you're about to retire to the celestial shores or you're going to sing Amazing Grace for 10,000 years? Like, how do you know when you're close to that point? There's not really any barriers anymore. You're, you're kind of like, I've kind of fulfilled my scroll. I kind of did my role. I got kind of like, like, like I'm kind of, everything's kind of all good and I'm, I'm kind of ready for a new level of difficulty. So, Father, take me to my real home. All right, now let's have some fun. You know what I'm saying? But like when you're hitting all these barriers, all these barriers, all these things that are trying to slow you down and sabotage you, you know, like, hey, I'm still in it. You know, so like, 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 I'm sorry, but I'm coming into something. You know, like with each barrier, there's this place where you're stepping into a greater level of maturity and you're getting a, a greater a revelation of actually of who you, who you are. Because I don't know about you, but every time I come into the resistance, I learn more about myself. <laughs> right? Like whenever I hit hard resistance, I'm like, oh, d like what's inside of Darren? <laughs> like, oh, that's still there? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. I'm not going to give any examples, but, um, yeah. And so uh, th I, I found this really, really interesting because I think that this story is prophetic. Um, and it's, it's when Jesus's parents lost Jesus, <laughs> um, for three days, like bad parent. Okay. Like you lot, you, you lost your, your only, like, you know, you lost Jesus. You lost the son of God. Like, <laughs> You lost the only begotten son? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, we don't believe in shaming people, but, like, bad. You know, where's the, news, where's the newspaper, right? And, like, so let's, let's <laughs> to Luke 2.41. And now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning. And the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. Okay, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned back to Jerusalem searching for him. It's like, Kevin! Moment, right? Home alone? No? Yeah? Kevin! <laughs> and Jesus is like in the house by himself. He starts setting booby traps. And, all right, uh, verse 46. And after three, after three days... They found him, oh my goodness, in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why are you looking for me? Do you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand him, saying, They did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And when he went down with them, he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased, and we say increased, yep, in wisdom, in stature, in favor. With God and man. Yeah. What's interesting here is that, like, like when Mary and Joseph showed up, they're like, Jesus, like, what the heck? <laughs> and, um, and this is what Jesus says, like, hey, don't you know? Don't you know? Like, I must be in my father's house. And they looked at him, and they were like, like, what are you talking about? Like, wh like, what are, like we have no clue um, what, what, you're, what you're talking about. And this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, I must do this because this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's like, I, 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 and, and what's, un, what's interesting is I believe that that was a new revelation for Jesus. I think that something was, because we, we read here that he was growing and it's almost like he's growing in revelation. And there's almost like this, this, like this thing that drove him into the synagogue, like this thing that it was like this, this understanding of who he was and his purpose to the degree that, um, that his destiny kind of trumped, um, that, uh, uh his understanding that I'm still a child. You know, it's, it's almost like for a second, it's almost like for a second, he saw himself at 30 years old and it's almost like he, he, it's almost like he skipped, you know, uh, like a lot of time and went right into what he was going to be doing in the future because it was almost like he just, he just, he, he got such a revelation of God, his father, he totally forgot about his earthly mom and dad. 
<laughs> and then they and the, and so it's it was like he was growing in understanding, right? And with that, with this um, understanding of of his new of it's not what it's not that it was a new identity. I think he was just it was a revelation of of his identity. I think for us we're like we're coming into a revelation of our new identity. I'm sorry, I'm coming into something, right? And so that means that we're coming into an understanding of our new identity. And you know what that means? New conviction. It means new conviction. It means like operating in, uh, operating in accordance with your new identity to the degree that people see you doing things that they don't understand. I think it's so interesting is that, um, that Jesus told them just what to him seems so obvious and his mom and dad looked at him and they were just perplexed. And that's what the Lord is, um, is doing in us right now. Like, like to a certain degree, we're stepping into a revelation of our identity. It's not new. It's very, very old. It's very, very ancient. But it's new to us. And, um, and, and it's going from new to newer. And it's going from um, what we know to more. You know, to a fuller, to like, it's like the scroll is unrolling more and more and more and more. And right when you think that the scroll's been unrolled fully regarding who you are, it's like the father's like, no, we're still in the introduction. And then the more you know, the more conviction there is to respond according to your, so it's like, I can't help myself. Hey, I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I can't help myself. Don't you know this is who I am? So therefore, this is what I do. You know, and it, and they looked at him completely uh, perplexed, and um, and uh, I think that it's I think that it's important that um, that as we as, as we're stepping into this, that we're taking responsibility for this new conviction, and that we're not apologizing. But Jesus tried to explain it, and they they didn't necessarily get it. But Jesus did not reject his mom and dad just because they didn't get it. Yeah. So if you're if you're growing into something and people aren't understanding it, you don't reject the people. It's just that all they know is the you up to this point. Yeah, yeah. I know you according to what I know up to this point. And most likely what the Lord is doing in you today, I don't even know about it. I'm probably not going to know about it for another year. Because the fruit of it will be made fully manifest. And all of a sudden I'll realize, wow, God's doing a new thing. You'll say, actually, no, that actually began a year ago. It's just now it's obvious. It was like a year ago it was in seed form. Vaughn got this picture of like a seed yesterday for someone. And then he saw like the, a stem coming out of it and all these leaves coming. It was like Jack and the Beanstalk kind of, kind of thing. And, um, and, the, and the Lord drew my attention to the seed and, and began talking about the potential that's in the seed. And then we look at the growth coming out of the seed and we look at the leaves and all that. But here's the thing. You got stuff that's, that's, that's obvious now that last year you knew about and nobody else knew about it because it was in seed form. And, and how did it get there? Through revelation. Through the Father spoke to you. This is actually who you are. And did you know that there's so much more to you, okay? Um, there's so much more to you than what you know. There's so much more in your scroll than that, 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 that hasn't been yet revealed um, to you or to other. And what's so funny is that when prophets come in and, or when prophets speak to you, it's kind of like the Father goes and unrolls the scroll to them. It's, it's like he kind of takes what, what's been concealed. It goes like, and they're seeing this over here, and then they're speaking it out to you. How many of you have ever received a prophetic word? It made no sense at the time, but after they spoke it, it was just, it was like, like you're like, I don't know. I've never heard that before. I, I don't know. But then, but then it's like once they spoke it, it was, it was there because you weren't going to roll it back up. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like you judge the word and you're like, nothing, I, I, don't, I don't know, that, that doesn't seem like me at all. Because I've never done that, I've never thought that, I've never been, you know. And, um, and, and what that is, is that's, and that's why I love the prophetic actually. That's why, that's why God actually loves the prophetic. is because when you're receiving a, a true prophetic word, what it's doing is it's taking something that's been hidden from you. But it's been a part of you. It's always been a part of you. And that's why it feels right. It just doesn't think right. Have you, ever, have you ever heard a word or a message or received a prophetic word? It felt right. It didn't think right. Have you ever... <laughs> you know, that's why uh, when other people receive prophetic words, it's so difficult. Because it doesn't... Because you haven't seen it in them yet. 
You know what I'm saying? You haven't, so it, it's like, that, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. What do you mean it's not right? Well, I, I haven't seen that, and they haven't done that. It's because they haven't, they haven't seen it. But here's the problem. We can't, so it doesn't think right, and it doesn't feel right. Why? Because we're not them. We don't have their DNA. So it can't resonate in us. <laughs> right? Yeah, and so that's where we have to be mature enough to be like, Patty just received that word. It didn't think right. It didn't feel right. But it wasn't for me. It was for Patty. Let's see how she stewards it. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to honor her and pray that whatever's right and of God, that that absolutely amplifies and accelerates. And then we, in a, a posture of honor, can really release that. Because the last thing we want to do is, is, is dishonor something that's truly on her scroll. You know what I'm saying? Because if we dishonor it, then we don't get to partner with it. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I really believe that the only way the prophetic can be satisfied is in the context of community and through partnership, which is why honor is, is, why honor is such an important part of the prophetic and why there's always such a, an attack against the prophets and against the prophetic is because, is because of how dishonor can dislodge the prophetic when we'll engage with it. Yeah? So just say, I'm sorry. I'm coming into something. You may not understand it. Yeah, Mary and Joseph, they did not understand it. But Jesus had this new conviction. Um, and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And it, and it got him into trouble. Yeah? It, very interesting. It's, it's very interesting to me. And, and look at this. I, you guys might find this interesting. I found it interesting. Verse 51. And he went down with them, and he came into Nazareth, speaking of Jesus, and he was submissive to them. And, Mary, and, and, uh, and his mother, Mary, treasured up all these things in, in his heart. Um, new identity, okay? New conviction, but remaining under authority. It says that they did not understand what he was telling them, and he remained submissive to them. And I, I think that that is the mark of maturity. I think that the, the mark of maturity is when, um, is when those people that, you're, that are holding you accountable and are speaking into your life, even when they don't understand what God is doing in your life, you don't judge them and reject them, but you're able to remain submissive to them. And that is actually what Jesus modeled as the pattern son. And I think that there's, that is actually, don't you think that that's actually an evidence of sonship is, is, is confident submission. Not fear-based submission, but I think that there's this this confident submission. I think it's a, it's it's like a mark of maturity and sonship because he's like you guys. <laughs> can you imagine being Jesus and looking at at your own mom and dad, at looking at your covering and being like, you guys just don't have any idea. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, that is absolute. And can you imagine? Put yourself in Jesus' sandals for a second. Can you imagine being Jesus and, like, having to submit to Mary and Joseph? You know, like, I don't know who, I don't know Joseph. But can you, like, like let's just say Joseph is just, like, this, like, loves NFL, loves his shop, loves to build, not really necessarily into all these spiritual things. And he's like, he's like, Jesus, I'm going to teach you a work ethic. I'm going to teach you how to be on time. I'm going to teach you how to, you know, Jesus, put that down before you cut off your finger. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, here's Joseph. Like, like, let's just say, I'm not saying that, you know, Joseph might have been a crazy mystic. I don't know. But let's just say that Joseph was just the practical provider for the family and it was Mary that was like oh Jesus you're the son of God like you know it's, it's just always kind of mothering him all, you know all the time and, and here's Jesus and, it, and he submitted to his mother and his father to that authority and I think that that is such an incredible mark of, of sonship and I and like look at me talking on submission it's not I'm not like miss, you know sometimes sometimes you know every time you hear a, a pastor preach it's he always sneaks in like a a, a, a submission point. <laughs> I'm not dissing anyone, but but sometimes there can be an even further, you know, an, an even more biblical proof why you should submit to my authority. Like, you know, the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in case you were in doubt, submit. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 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 just I'm just not that guy. But I, I, I submission is a posture of the heart. 
So it actually has nothing to do with hierarchy. It has everything to do with honor and the and the ability um, and the ability to stay uh, submitted and accountable even in the relationships where it doesn't really seem like you're really truly understood. And in that place of sonship, you know that um, that you truly your ultimate allegiance is to your father. And Jesus understood that. Jesus is like, man. <laughs> Okay, so Jesus is like, okay, so the, my heavenly Father, in his foreknowledge and in his sovereignty, have provided for me this earthly mother and father. And if my Father in heaven provided for me this earthly mother and father, then I can trust in my heavenly Father and remain submitted to this earthly mother and father and my trust right my trust in my heavenly father will give me this this posture of 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 submission to mary and joseph so i i don't think it's oftentimes even the whole thing of oh i got it like oh darren like this is gonna be so tough love oh, just you know darren or or where whatever church you're a part of or whatever that looks like i i think it's just saying father i trust you and you've put friends and family you've given me a spouse my own spouse doesn't even if he only knew how prophetic i was or like i i got such a breaker anointing my own spouse doesn't like like you're not getting it you're just you, you don't you know that's not sign that's immaturity you know like you know and that's that's the thing like in that place of immaturity outside of sonship there's that there's that thing where you're always trying to be like like this is who I am look at who I, I'll tell you I, I'm like you know there's always that proving thing you're always having to prove and I go, going, going back to Jesus isn't Jesus amazing um, going back to Jesus Jesus really didn't prove anything for the thir first 30 years of his life that we know of. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, what did Jesus do for 30 years? Sonship. Sonship. Following Mary and Joseph around. Working for Joseph. Working for his dad. Learning his dad's craft. Just being, just being a dude. Yeah. Just enjoying, you know, his iPhone and his Spotify account and some Netflix and you know, just learning, just enjoying, just being, just being a son. And then how did his ministry start? By being baptized, right? And then hearing his heavenly father say, yep, this really is my boy, and I'm so pleased with him. Ladies and gentlemen, my son. Isn't that amazing? That's so cool. Mm, I think so. I was just learning some stuff today. Um, and then what? And then what happens? Um, verse fifty-two. And then Jesus increased. Just say. And then I increased. <laughs> it, it, what, what, what are we increasing in? In wisdom, in stature, right? And in favor with God and man. And again, we've all heard this taught, but this is a trip that Jesus, being the Son of God, actually increased in wisdom. You know, and that Jesus actually increased in favor um, with God and man. And honestly, that just takes time. And I think that, um, especially in our generation, we just don't have a realistic view of of time. You know, I think that oftentimes within our generation, we got these epic, epic dreams for everything, and then when it's not satisfied in three months, we're like, then I quit. You know, if my hot pocket is, is not cooked in two minutes, I'm throwing that microwave out and I'll never eat another hot pocket again. You know, actually, and if you're younger than me, you'd be like, a hot pocket? Yuck. That's not even organic. You know, like, yuck. Like, there's this thing where if my prophetic word ain't manifested in two minutes, then I quit. Like, I'm, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? So, oftentimes, we've got this epic, epic stuff you know, in our hearts. And then when it's not satisfied in it, like that was, that was so me guys, West coast rumble. I was giving it a year. If that thing ain't up, you know, if that thing ain't cooked in a year, then James Gall's a false prophet. Yep. I knew it. You know what I'm saying? What did he just say? Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm being extreme cause I'm extreme. Yeah. But come on, that's where I was, that's where, I, like, I really thought, man, th three months from now, like, like, Portland, Vancouver, BC is lit up, six months, you know, California, you know, 12 months, like, we're in Tijuana, baby, you know what I'm saying, like, it's like, it's on, you know, and, um, and then at the end of 12 months, it, there was no, nothing really happening, you know, honestly, there was like, you know, Seattle and San Diego, 
and a few other things that were kind of, but uh, then I think that was when the, that, that was when the Lord began to speak to me, like, you know, like about the whole long-term, like oftentimes we got these big, big, big things we expect to be done in the short term. But if we can embrace the long term, the truth is we're not even thinking big enough. So if we're thinking big, big, big things, right, in, in whatever amount of time, the truth is our big things are way, 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 way too small. It's just that we got to start thinking on a bigger timeline and we got to start thinking stewardship. Yeah? We got to start thinking that growth, it, it takes time. And Jesus, it took time for Jesus to grow in wisdom. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm, that I'm learning about myself, is that the kind of stuff that the Lord wants to release to Darren, um, the, the wisdom isn't necessarily there yet to really handle the size of, of resources and, and tools and people, like the wisdom, the maturity, the, the humility. So what does that mean for Darren? It's like, I got to embrace every barrier because every barrier is a training opportunity to grow in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. You know, and so I realized that without these barriers, without these obstacles, without this stuff, then 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 I'm not going to be growing at the accelerated pace that's that's going to be required in order for me to step into something within my lifetime. Yeah. So if you have some sort of big prophetic kind of thing on your life, like if you can kind of see kind of this this big kind of thing, then um, then that then you you better you better be thinking a realistic timeline, <laughs> and um, and and you also should be thinking about. Um, the training process and how rigorous that training process is going to be. And also, don't think that a training process is the enemy, right? Um, or, or God's punishment so that you actually disengage with what the Lord's actually doing in order to prepare you for the future. You actually disengage with that because it's radically uncomfortable. You know, and, then we, and then we quit boot camp, you know, and then our, our, our brothers are going to war and we're at home and at least we're comfortable but we're watching the war on TV when the Lord actually called us to the front lines because of the rigorous nature of, of boot camp where, where you were actually broken down and then rebuilt. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, just in the natural, how, how, how our country prepares soldiers for war is, is it's, it's, just not, it's just not very nice. They're just not very nice to those guys. They they scream at those guys. Like they make them wake up at like four a.m. You know, and then they they they, they push them. In, they, 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 have you have you seen what they do to these guys? The Marines. They make them they make them like like lock arms in like. Have you seen that? Like Hell Week. They have a week. God, now that ain't of God. A Hell Week. That is just mean. You know, that's just mean. And yet, oftentimes, um, like like yet we take our nation's security very seriously. And yet when it comes to our own training, our own spiritual boot camp, oftentimes we won't embrace the boot camp because we don't really have any sort of realistic gravity for the kind of epic call and the kind of enemy that we're, that we're being called to face. And the kind of like demons and the kind of principalities that we've been called to dislodge, you think, we're, you think you're just going to go up, uh, up against that stuff with your insecurity and with your fear-based theology and with, with, whatever, with whatever little giants you killed in the past and you're just going to go up and be like, hey, Ah, your voice is still cracking. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, no, 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 no. Like, like we know that the Father loves us because he's disciplining us, not punishing us. He's preparing us. And you're like, here's a barrier. And, and, um, and, and I am Mary's little lamb. I am a part of the royal family of God. Like, I'm a prince and I'm coming into kingship. And with, uh, with kingship, there has to be an understanding of war. There has to be an understanding of dominion. There has to be an understanding of, of kindness and generosity. And there's only one way that we can be a good king. And that's if we are willing to embrace, um, if we're willing to embrace this coming of age 
strategy that the Lord has placed uh, uh, in store for us. I just declare over you, you're coming of age. Like you're coming into something. It has nothing to do with your natural kind of biological age. It has everything to do. It has everything to do with inheritance. It has everything to do with being a safe place and creating a safe place and bringing the government of the king on onto the earth so that that um, that even people that are biologically unrelated to you actually get to experience inheritance because of you through that place of honor and 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 relationship you know you, um, you, you don't just stumble into the authority of a king <laughs> you, you know you don't just stumble into that there's protocol there's understanding there's look at the weight that David uh, David had to wait a long long time from the point of his appointing and anointing there was that place of waiting and look at the barriers look at the the honor test that David had to pass this like the the honor that he could have he could have killed the very thing that was keeping him from the throne he could have killed the very barrier that was keeping him from the throne but he couldn't because he understood protocol he understood kingship he understood authority and it, these were the lessons that that God was 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 teaching him and um, and I think these are the lessons that God is teaching us sometimes we can get places quicker but we're not allowed to to take the shortcut because it's going to bypass the training process and it's going to undercut our integrity and that thing of of being thick in our spiritual status and state that that sometimes you can get places quicker but God's like you can't do that because if you do that you'll fail the honor test you'll fail the love test and it's more about what's being cultivated in you and being thick uh, within your spirit I hope that makes sense but it's that place of just being robust and full and um and 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 just and having your uh, like thorough theology, like if that makes sense, it's like theology is our understanding of who God is and how He operates. You know what I'm saying? And it's, so it's like it's a theology that didn't come from a book or from a sermon. It's it's understanding of God, who He is and how He operates, because you you leaned into that resistance, you leaned into that place, you know. And and then what I love is that when you absolutely fail and make a mess of everything, and God in His grace comes and says, "Yep, you did good." You succeeded you win you get to move on to the next level <laughs> isn't that amazing isn't that beautiful isn't that the thing about 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 God's grace so your new identity just say my new identity it's going to require new wisdom and new favor yeah and, and the wisdom and favor that you need is from God yeah yeah so we seek these things from God not from man look you don't need validation from man you need your validation from God. And if that's all you need is your validation from God, guess what? Man will confirm it. But you're not living for the confirmation from man. You know, you're living from that place of validation from, from, from God. But man will confirm it. And that confirmation from man is important. It, it's important for um, it's important so that you are established in a place where you, where 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 you're not just some sort of reckless, unaccountable, uh, disconnected kind of thing that can make a mess of everything. Doesn't really have to pay for it, you know. Like like you went in the store, you thrashed the store, you left the store. No, like what God wants to do is He wants to give you the store, and now you're holding the store in your heart, you know. And I think that's I think that's the difference. I think sometimes there's a lot of people within the kingdom that are making more of a mess of things yeah like they're using truth they're using the word of God but they're almost using God's word and revelation almost like a baseball bat and they're just kind of going around making a mess of things because of why because of anger because of immaturity but like they got truth and I think how many of you have ever seen somebody use truth like truth how many of you ever seen people use real revelation but they made a mess of things yeah it's because they had no ownership they had no store, yeah. You know, they had they had no understanding of 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 even their own even their own inheritance. So they'd actually step into other people's inheritance and use their revelation to make a mess out of other people's inheritance. And then those people are standing back saying, "What do we do?" <laughs> yeah. So it's so important that we could take the revelation and we take truth and we're stepping into a place of new wisdom and new favor and that we're coming in not to, not to wreck everything. And, and don't you think that that's, that's the amazing thing about Jesus is that Jesus served. Man, Jesus just, Jesus just served. Like if, if anyone could have made a, if anyone could have subverted everything, 
like people, sometimes people view Jesus as like this rebellious kind of subversive kind of guy, but he really wasn't. Like if Jesus wanted to come in and totally dislodge the whole temple system, and if Jesus wanted to ruin everything, he could have. He, he was still somewhat direct, though. Let's just be honest, right? Like Jesus was pretty direct with the things that he said, but he was not destruct. Dis, you know, like, well, did he go into the temple and start beating people with whips? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and all, all the pastors are like standing in the gap on behalf of Jesus. Like, I'll, I'll be, I'd like to apologize, you know, for him beating you with a whip, you know. But still, at the same time, Jesus came as a servant. Like he came and he, and he just served and he served and he served. And he was so like assertive in his, in his authority, but he was not destruct, destructive. You know, even down to the point of his crucifixion. Like he could, have just, he could have just destroyed everything. He could have destroyed everyone. And what did he do? He hung as a priest. He hung on the cross as an intercessor. He, he hung there as a middleman, interceding for the very people that were crucifying him. Jesus full of wisdom, Jesus full of revelation, yeah, um, never cussed out the very people that he was dying for. In that place, all the way to his last breath, he interceded, he loved, he released, he served the very people that were crucifying him all the way up to the point of his last breath. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it's just it's just so cool. And that's bless you. That's the picture of that's the picture of of, of sonship. And that's that's where the Lord is uh, is taking us. Are, are you okay with growing? Yeah, yeah. Then what? And, and then that means that we've got to be comfortable with um, with getting unhooked with with memories and tragedies that would like to anchor us at a certain point in our life. And let me just say this. It also means that we need to come unhooked from even good and positive events. Um, you know, I've, I've actually seen it. We've actually, we've seen a lot here at Sierra Revival Center. People that have been a part of previous, I'll just say moves of God in parentheses because I'm not sure really if they were moves of God. But people that were a part of, let's just say, positive stuff in the past and they got their soul got so attached to a moment of time. So a trauma or a um, or a spiritually stimulating event can so anchor you to a period of time in the past that you're incapable of growing past that point. And that means in your biology, that means in your soul, that means in your spirit, that you literally, like, it, it, like and I could use 94, 95, 96, you know, Toronto Blessing, like, there could be a point where I get so stimulated, right, within, within my own mind, within my own soul, my own spirit, and I make a statement, like, this is the best time in my life, like, I never want to move on, I, I want to be here forever. That statement could, could, could attach my soul to that period of time and I would remain 14 years old for the rest of my life. Attach myself. It's also to the same degree that if, if, if you experience something just horrible, 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 and it takes your brain waves to places where, where your brain shouldn't go at a certain developmental time within your life, and your brain just goes to a certain point, they tell us, the studies tell us, that you cannot get stimulated. I mean, even, even sexually, when a child is, is sexually abused, it, where it takes their brain and, and its brain wave is it, is, it, is it peaks it, and then when they go through adolescence, uh, the adult is not able to to experience arousal unless they get to that same stimulated state, which isn't natural. It, it, it takes such extreme type um, uh, sexual excitement to even get it to the normal, the normal kind of place. That also happens spiritually. That also, so um, when we say that Jesus grew, growing has to be a commitment. And I so believe that we've got to say, where or when did I stop growing? And, and is there an area of your heart where, there, where, where you're so attached it's always pulling you back to that year. Yeah? Is there a year was so good or so bad that you're incapable? You're not in 2018. Like, let's just, let, it says, and Jesus grew, right? Um, he increased in wisdom and stature. That means that his body actually grew. That means that he was looking forward to the future, moving into the future. And I don't believe there was ever a time in the life of Jesus where he's like, I just wish I could go back. That was so good. 
like, do you remember when I was in the temple? I was 12. They're like, wow, this kid's so smart. I just wish I could go back there. No, Jesus was always looking forward. He was always looking forward. And to this degree, I still believe that Jesus is looking forward. He's looking to the great the marriage supper of, 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 of the And so um, we see through the example of Jesus such radical trauma on the cross. I mean, talk about your brain just going, wow. You know, talk about to the point such excruciating stress where blood vessels are breaking in his head and he literally has a blood coming out of his head, out of his eyes. He's literally weeping blood under such excruciating stress. Uh, imagine that kind of that kind of trauma that in that place, in, in that place, um, he actually stands as the substitute to take on himself all of the trauma. So in that place, he, uh, 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 he, he becomes almost like completely stunted in his perfection. So that we in our imperfection and trauma through him don't have to be attached to the past. But in the cross, we get completely liberated that on the cross, he took on all that sexual abuse. On the cross, he took on all that rape. On the cross, he took on all the drug abuse. All the, you know, drugs do the same thing. They take your brain, they take your brain places. Your brain just was not designed to go. And then all of a sudden, you're unable to engage with any sort of reality because your, your brain waves are just, have been so, I, I forget how many hits of acid before you're clinically um, uh, psychotic because your brain has been peaked uh, 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 too many times to the degree that, that your brain can't be trusted. You know, on the cross, Jesus took that on himself. On the cross, he took it on himself. And that by faith, we, we say, I disengage from the, you know, I don't even feel it. But by faith, every day, every day, I'm committed to grow in wisdom and in stature and favor with God. And man, I cannot afford to be anchored. I must grow. I must move on. I'm not 14 years old anymore. You know, praise the Lord. Pray, I mean, no, seriously, thank God. No, thank God. But this is what I know. I I, Darren, I am not afraid of the future. I am not afraid of getting old. I'm not afraid of, 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 of retiring. I'm not afraid of these. I am moving forward. I am looking forward. I pray that I do so gracefully. Amen? 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 But like, if there's that thing that's pulling you, pulling you back where you're having to be, you know, you're having to act. You're, you're, like, it's, like you're, it's like your identity is being forged by something out in the past. It's not even you. It's like your word, even your word choice. You find yourself operating according to an old operating system. I mean, can you imagine being ruled by Windows 95 for the rest of your life? Always crashing. <laughs> for, for many of us, spiritually, it's like we're still being, we're being run by an, by an out-of-date operating system that's bogged down by all the programs. How do you know that, that old operating systems can't run new programs? That's why it's time for an update. It's time for an update. Do you believe that? It's time for an update. It's time for, because my old fear cannot run on this new operating system. My old shame cannot operate on this new operating system. Like all the old must get crucified in Christ. I have made up my mind, as Paul would say, to forget all, all, all the good, the bad, and the ugly that lays behind. Why? Because it, it has no control over me anymore. It, it does not shape my identity. The future is what shapes my identity. There's nothing in my past that can shape my identity because everything as of yesterday on back, as of like one minute ago on back, was nailed with Christ Jesus on the cross. Now my identity is being forged and cut through the image of, of Jesus Christ. Like I am being regenerated and transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. Therefore we pay attention um, to all those things, all those soul tethers, all those relationships, all those people that flash before us, before our face. Because the enemy wants to do everything possible to keep us from growing in wisdom, in stature, and in favor. Amen? Just say wisdom, stature, and favor. It's time to come up. It's time to come up. It's time. If you're part of Daniel Company, you'll hear, like, we'll have those talks from time to time. I'll say, guys, it's time to come up. 
Why? Because 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 you're 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 acting so 2017 right now. You're acting so 2016 right now. You know it, we're not in 2016 right now. You don't get to be 2016 you. You got to be 2018 you. You got to be 2020 you. 2025 you. That fir- that future. You're like we're looking into the future and pulling that into the present, letting the future forge forge the present. Like uh, Sandy was uh, told, told our worship teams, our worship. If you're gonna write songs, don't write where you're at right now. That's not what we need is another country western worship song. <laughs> Every night is a lonely night. Sad and blueness and new. But I know that joy is going to come in the morning. I guess I'll just stay in my morning for right now. My grieving and my sadness and my tears and my fears and my... <laughs> No, no, no. Look into the future. Look into the future. What's there? There's breakthrough. There's freedom. There's joy. Now pull that into the presence. God, thank you for this joy that I'm feeling right now. Thank you for this breakthrough I'm feeling right now. Thank you there is nothing that can hold me back. Thank you for that glory whack. I'm drunk out of my mind. <laughs> you pull the future into, thank you there's no pain in my body. Yeah, thank you there's no infirmity that can touch me. I'm coming untethered from gravity. Hey, yeah? What are we doing? We're growing. We are intent. Just say, I will intentionally grow. Can you do that? Can you do that? that yeah, that, can you do it? Yeah, yeah, can you do that? Can you do that? Like that's, yeah, we can. 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 can we, and here's the thing. That if you're getting it right now, like if, and you know if you are, Okay. If you're getting it right now, then that's because this isn't a new message. This is just, this has been what God has been doing. I'm just bringing explanation to what God has been doing. But if you're not getting it right now, I want that to bother you. Like if what I'm saying right now is you're just not connecting to it. Like my prayer is that that would really bother you enough to where you start to ask yourself why. Like why is my heart actually disconnected from the present? And why am I on, why am I on autopilot? Because I'm telling you, the worst thing for the believer is autopilot. Where you don't have to think, you don't have to pray, you don't, you're just functioning according to this way that you functioned for the last five years. The way that your marriage has functioned for the last ten years. Like, I want, I want you to go to the Lord and just be like, why is my heart, why is there no passion? And why am I having to act passionate, but my passion isn't... And I want you just to pray and just process and just and just and just seek the Lord and just God. I need you to show me. I'm just I'm just I know I'm not I know I'm not moving right now. I I know that I'm just I'm just doing a lot of stuff. You know how many know that sometimes we have to do a lot of spiritual stuff just to stimulate ourselves so that we feel connected. And we just don't we just don't want to do that. We just. You know, like, 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 then you just become like a, a human doing, creating, creating soul stimulating experiences to get you to, through life as a survivor. And that's just not, man, that's just not why God created us. Like there's this place of such rest, of such peace, right? Where you're in a fear-free zone, you're in a shame-free zone. And therefore, you don't have to exercise your energy controlling people controlling you know there's that place of such rest and such peace you know that that each day gets to take on its own its own life its own form and each day there's revelation of who you are